Oh, good morning, Elevate. How's everybody doing this morning? Is everybody good? Yeah? You guys chose a good day to come to the movies, let me tell you. Uh, I'm really excited uh, to bring the word today, and we're going to have a lot of fun this morning. Uh, this is right here. This is, uh, this is my gonk droid right here, making his first ever public appearance, and so you guys are the first ones that get to see him today. Um, he does make a little bit of noise, and so if you do hear some weird noises going on, uh, I'm just here to let you know that he's just saying amen and agreeing with what I'm saying uh, this morning. And so we're going to get started right away, and we're going to have a lot of fun this morning. I'm going to encourage you to lean in. We're going to have a great time, yeah? Let's do it. It shouldn't come as any surprise to any of you what we're going to be talking about this morning. If you know me, you know that if I have the chance to talk about a movie, we're talking about Star Wars. And uh, I don't even have to prepare a message. I can just get up here and start talking about Star Wars, and I know it'll lead to salvation somewhere. Uh, but uh, we're talking about the, the greatest movie franchise, greatest sci-fi franchise, greatest space exploration, greatest underdog story, greatest creative and imaginative cinematic masterpieces ever created, Star Wars. And not just a Star Wars movie, but a Star Wars movie that is widely recognized as the greatest Star Wars movie ever made, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. And uh, this movie came out three years after the original, the predecessor, A New Hope. And still to this day, 43 years after its release, The Empire Strikes Back continues to be one of the most highly praised movies in modern history. Believe it or not, this film, The Empire Strikes Back, still 43 years later, is in the top 50 greatest films ever made. Isn't that crazy? That's incredible. And, and you chose a good day to come to the movies this morning. And, and I'm so excited to be able to minister uh, to you today. I believe God's going to speak to us. And one of the things that makes this movie so exciting, one of the things that makes The Empire Strikes Back so, so great is that right from the get-go, the opening scene that we just watched together, it, it, it draws you in right away. Like, there's no, there's no, there's no walking around, there's no, there's no boring dialogue, there's no waiting for something to happen. Right as the movie starts off, it's like, okay, here we go, something's about to take place. And, and, and uh, The Empire Strikes Back, just to give you a little bit of background on this story, uh, The Empire Strikes Back, it actually takes place three years after A New Hope uh, ends. And if you remember with me, uh, Star Wars A New Hope ends on a really good note. Ends on a really high note, right? If you remember with me, the last time we saw Luke Skywalker and, and all these characters on the, on the screen, Luke Skywalker led a, a squadron of, of rebel pilots up to a, a world-destroying spaceship called the Death Star. And, 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 he, and they defied all the odds and they came together and they destroyed the Death Star. This was a massive victory for the rebellion. This was like a huge deal. And now we pick up this sequel today and we see that this war between the Galactic Empire and the rebels is still going on. And the, the rebels are working in this, in this hidden base that they have that they've put in the planet called Hoth. And, and at the start of this movie, the Empire has found, finally found after three years, they have found the secret rebel base 
And, and, and honestly, I think that just the name of this movie is, is a topic that we could talk about really all morning. I think this idea of the Empire Strikes Back alone is something that we could spend a lot of time on. I think one of the best things for, for you and I to be aware of uh, in our lives is that the enemy always strikes back. He always strikes back. And, and if we look at our own lives, I think we can all relate to this, that we all go through seasons in life, right? Life is full of ups and downs. It's full of easy times and hard times. It's, that, that's what life is. And so there's times that we go through a life where everything is great, times where everything is smooth sailing, times where it feels like we're on top of the world, times where it feels like we just blew up the Death Star, right? But, but life is also full of times where it feels like things just aren't going that great. Life is also full of times where, where the family is struggling and, and, and times where marriage is extra hard and times of financial hurdles and times of, of health problems. And I think we can all recognize, recognize and relate to the fact that all of us go through these cycles. All of us go through these different seasons of great times and hard times. And, and the truth is, I think for anybody in this room that this can get really frustrating for us. It can be really annoying for us. Does anybody ever feel like sometimes we're just going from test to test? Like we're going from hard time to hard time. And, and we do everything we can to do what's right. We do everything we can to, to fix our situation. But it seems like at the moment we get out of one situation, we just find ourselves in another one. And we, it seems like, like when, when money's really tight and, and we make the decision, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to, I'm going to give, I'm gonna, but, but sometimes it just feels like doing what's right doesn't necessarily get us into easy times. And sometimes even when we do what's right, we just find ourselves facing another battle, another hurdle to get over. And, and so there's times where you do the right thing and it feels like, it feels like sometimes we just land a shot right on the enemy's cheek. How many of you guys have ever done something uh, that, that people weren't really expecting you to do? Like you're, you're facing this difficult problem in your life and, and you, you do what no one was expecting you to do. You, you do what's right. You get really bad news, but you respond in a way that no one expected you to respond. You, you get really bad news, but you respond in a way, it's okay, I, I can get through this, it's gonna be all right. And, and sometimes it feels like in those moments that we, that we, we, we did it, we succeeded, we, we landed a shot right on the enemy's cheek, but a lot of times it feels like the enemy just sucker punches you right back. And I think we need to recognize that the enemy always strikes back. I love what 1 Peter chapter 5 tells us. It says, be alert and of sober mind for your enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I love how Peter, I love how he starts off this scripture. He says, be alert and of sober mind. In other words, what is he saying? He's saying, be ready and be prepared. Because we have an enemy that doesn't sleep he doesn't rest and he does not give up. And, and, and I think we can look at the devil. The devil isn't ever active. He's, he's always looking for ways to tempt us, to, to trip us up, to lure us away from God. And, and when we look at our society today and we look at all the things going on, and we can see that he's really good at what he does. 
When we observe the issues of, of broken homes and, and addiction and sinful lifestyles, people denying that God exists, selfishness, abuse, lies, gossip, uh, sexual immorality, false teachings, false religion, all these different deceptive ideologies, we can look into our society and we can see that the devil is really good at what he does and he does not stop. He just continues to move forward, continues to try to gain ground. He does not quit. And, and it doesn't, he doesn't take no for an answer. And the truth is, is he will work as long as he can, as hard as he can to get you to conform or get you to submit to him. And, and this is exactly what is happening in the start of our movie today. That, that the rebels have this enemy called the Galactic Empire. And the Galactic Empire, what they're doing is they are seizing control over the entire galaxy. They want total domination. And the Galactic Empire is going around and they're promising these planets, we will give you peace, we will give you prosperity, we'll give you financial aid, we'll give you help. But really what they're doing is they are seizing total control. And there's this small group of people known as the, the, the Rebel Alliance. And they say, we're not, we're not okay with this. And so they're pushing back against this enemy that's trying to gain ground. And there's an enemy that's fighting against you. And he's not one to throw into the towel. He's not one to quit. And every time that you land a blow to the enemy, he's not going to let it slide. We just finished watching A New Hope where the, the rebels land this massive blow to their enemy. They blew up the Death Star. And, and the, the empire does not just say, oh, dang, I, I, guess the, I guess the war's over. I guess we lost. Let's just let them do whatever they want. No, the, right at the get-go of this movie, the empire is trying to strike back. And it's the same thing in our lives. The enemy always strikes back. We can play that next clip. So, so what do we do when, when, the, when the enemy strikes back? What do we do when the enemy strikes back? If we're fighting against an enemy that does not sleep and does not rest and is constantly on the attack, we need to be prepared for the attack. And I, thought, I thought Dave did such a phenomenal job talking about this last week. Uh, talking about if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And in this short scene, we see Luke separate himself from everybody else. This is something that's always kind of bothered me, and it's something that we see in every Star Wars movie that's ever been made. That Luke Skywalker is, he's, he's like the number one guy. If the rebels are going to succeed, if the rebels are going to win, they need Luke Skywalker on their side. He is the key to them changing this whole scenario. He's everything that they need. But what we see in each one of these movies, especially this one, is, is Luke separates himself from the fight. And I like to, you know, you think about Luke, he's got all of his friends are engaged in this battle. All of his buddies are in this fight. This is what Luke has, has lived his whole life for, this, this fight that he's engaged in. And, and he separates himself from this fight. And, and it, makes me, it makes me think about the fact that if you aren't prepared to fight, then you probably shouldn't fight. If you aren't prepared for the fight, you're better off not fighting at all. I want you to think about this with me. If you're in school or, or you're at work and, and some guy comes up to you and he says, hey, you know, you and me, we're going to throw hands. When, when, when our shift is over, we're going in the parking lot and, I, and, I'm, I'm, and we're going to fight. All right? and, 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 and you have never thrown a punch in your life. 
Never, you've never heard a fly. Like, no, you have no idea what to do. I would recommend that you don't show up. You're probably better off not going to the fight. Why? Because all you're going to do is hurt yourself. All you're going to do is get yourself hurt. And if you engage in a fight that you're not prepared for, you're going to cause more damage than you are good. All you're going to do is hurt yourself. And so we see Luke in this scene, he removes himself from the fight. But the reason why he's doing it is because he needs to get prepared for the fight that he's going to engage in. He knows he's not ready for it. And so we see this scene where, where Luke is telling R2, he's telling we're we're going to go to the Dagobah system and we're going to find Master Jedi Yoda. And, and Yoda's going to train me. And I think this is a perfect example for, for what we are supposed to do in this fight that we're all engaged in. And, and we can see it in Ephesians chapter 6. What, is, what does it say? It says, finally be strong in the Lord and the, and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And so in order for us to stand against the attack of the enemy, in order for us to survive the attack of the enemy, what do we need to do? We need to be strong in the Lord. How do you get strong in anything? How do you get strong? You get strong from training. If you don't train, you won't be strong. And so in order for us to be strong in the Lord, strength only comes from training. And so training is necessary for the fight that we're in. You can play that next clip. So Luke has made his way to the Dagobah system and he has found Master Jedi Yoda and hope to train with him. And it doesn't matter if you're a Star Wars fan or not, you know who Yoda is. Yoda is a G. Um, and, uh, and one of the things I love about Master Yoda, and this is something that we see throughout this entire story, and, and it's something that I think we also see in another famous character named Mr. Miyagi in The Karate Kid. You guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, and uh, what we see with these two characters, um, and what's interesting about the way Yoda trains is Yoda never trains Luke on how to yield his lightsaber. He never trains Luke on how to defend himself. He doesn't train Luke and show him a bunch of different fighting techniques or, or different things that he can do that, that would make him better. Yoda never teaches any ability. Which is weird because when we think about training, you would think that you're, when you're in training, you're training for ability. You're training to be able to do something, right? You're training for an action. You're training to be able to defend yourself. But Yoda never teaches ability. Yoda only ever teaches foundation. It's the only thing Yoda ever teaches Luke is foundation. He teaches Luke what being a Jedi is all about. He teaches him, uh, he teaches him that a Jedi is patient, that a Jedi controls his emotions, that he teaches him that a Jedi doesn't live in the future, doesn't look on to what's next, but he's in the here and the now. Everything Yoda does, he teaches foundation. And I think this is something that we should take note of because when your opposition comes, when your enemy comes, it doesn't matter what your abilities are. And the reason why is because the enemy doesn't attack your ability, he attacks your foundation. And this is why we can see the enemy's point, his point of attack in two major places in our society. We see it in the family unit and we see it in young people's identity. He doesn't attack how smart you are. He doesn't care about how much money you make. He doesn't care about your ability. 
the devil attacks foundation. And I think this is something that, that we must address, something that we must look at because in the church and out of the church, we tend to view people and value people on a performance-based level. We tend to look at people and we ask the question, what can you do for me? What can you give me? How can you benefit my life? We view people by their abilities, based on what their abilities are, based on what they have to offer. But your ability and your, ability and your performance, they are irrelevant if you don't have the right foundation. If you don't have the right foundation, it doesn't matter what your abilities are. It doesn't matter how good of a preacher you are. It doesn't matter how good of a Bible study leader you are. It doesn't matter how good of a, a musician or how strong you are or how influential you are because without the foundation that keeps you grounded, you are one attack away from falling apart. And here's the thing about abilities. Abilities follow in the direction of your foundation. They follow in the direction of your foundation. What, what do I mean by that? Well, you can be a great communicator. That's an ability. You can be a phenomenal communicator. And that ability can be used to communicate clarity and peace and joy and, and communicate the gospel or that ability can be used to, be, to communicate deception and confusion and division. You can be a great singer, that's your ability, but what kind of songs are you singing? You, you can be a great motivator or encourager, but what are you encouraging and motivating people to do? You, you, can, you can be a great influencer. That, that's an ability, but what kind of effect does your influence have? What kind of people are the people you, you are influencing? What kind of people are they becoming? And, and we can see it in this movie that Yoda is concerned about Luke. He, sa he says, I can't train him. He's, he's worried about him because we recognize that Luke has this natural connection to the force. Luke has this natural strength within him. But Yoda also knows that his foundation is not where it should be. And everything Yoda did was with the purpose of establishing Luke's foundation. Why? Because your abilities flow in the direction of your foundation. I want to think about this with me. Your abilities flow in the direction of your foundation. So when we are really good at singing, when we're really good at preaching, when we're really good at talking, communicating, whatever that is, all those abilities, they'll follow your direction. And so if you're rooted in the wrong areas, if you're rooted in the wrong community, your abilities will flow in that foundation. They'll flow in that direction. And so when you're rooted in the house of God, God can use your abilities to flow through the foundation. That's why it's so important that your abilities aren't as important as your foundation. It doesn't matter what your abilities are. If you're not rooted in something, one strike from the enemy doesn't just knock you over, but it redirects your abilities to be used in the wrong way. Because God is using people all over, God is using people all over the world to impact and further his kingdom. But the devil is also using people all over the world and he is using their abilities to deceive and divide and we cannot allow that to happen. More importantly, we cannot allow that to be us. And so we need to root ourselves in God so that way our abilities flow in the foundation. Amen? We can play that next clip. 
I, I, one of the things I love about Star Wars is that it's not just a sci-fi movie about a big war that's taking place, but when George Lucas created this story and created this universe, one of George Lucas's main point of interest was self-conflict. And, and, and we see it in, in not only in these three movies, but we see it in each of the three trilogies that have come out about Star Wars, that there's a heavy focus on inner conflict. And, and what we see in this movie specifically is, is Yoda has started to point out these things within Luke that must be addressed. He talks about you, you, you were never in the moment. You're not patient. You don't control your emotions. Like he, he's telling Luke all these stuff, all these things within him that need to be fixed. And, and Luke has this encounter with the dark side of the force. And, and basically what this shows him is that the main thing that stands in his way, it may not be what he thinks it is. And before Luke can face his enemy, before Luke can face the enemy that's in front of him, first he must deal with himself. And, and a lot of times I feel like, like we're ones just to throw the blame and, and, and say everything that is happening to us and everything that's happening around us, it's all the devil's fault. It's because the devil is after me. It's because the enemy is after me. And the reason why I'm struggling in this area, the reason why I'm fighting this addiction I just can't seem to kick, the reason why I just keep falling in the same trap is because the enemy is after me. And there is truth to that. But I do want you to hear me when I say this this morning. You should never give the devil more credit than he deserves. Because here's the truth. Nobody is perfect. And we're all aware of that. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. And the enemy is doing everything he can to cause you to trip and stumble. But when the enemy does trip you up, you have a decision to make whether I'm going to stay down or I'm going to get back up and keep moving forward. We, we, have a, we have a choice, a decision to make in this. But there's something in James that, that I want to show you today. In James 1 verse 14, it says, Each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed. And catch this, it says, by his own desire. By whose desire? By his own desire. And so this tells us that when we mess up, when we make mistakes, what are we doing? We are giving into our own desire. We're not giving into the devil's desire. We're not giving into the enemy's desire. It's our own desire. We're not forced into it, but we give into our own desire. And before we can handle the enemy that's in front of us, we have to handle and work on the enemy that's at work within us. Because he's not tripping us with things that he wants us to be enticed by. He lures us and entices us with our own desires. This is why we're supposed to take captive every thought. Because we need to learn to choose his desire over our own. The best thing you could ever do is learn to choose God's desire over your own desire. And this can be extremely difficult to do. This is really hard to do, but this is something we must learn. We have to learn to do this. And, and, and the truth is, is none of us can do this completely. We're all human. We're all, we all make mistakes, and we continue to make those mistakes. But, but what is the call all throughout the Bible? 
All throughout what what Jesus taught his disciples, it it was that we are becoming more and more like Christ. That as we go through our life, we're becoming more like him. What does Paul say? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. So that means that as we progress through life, we should be becoming more like God. We're not there yet. We're not perfect yet, but we are doing everything we can. We're taking every step that we can to become more like him. And how do we do that? It's by choosing his desire over our own. So before you can deal with what's in front of you, you need to work on what is within you. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7, it says this. It says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. You shall come out against, they shall come out against you one way and flee before you in seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is going to give you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself just as he had sworn to you. But what is it say it says if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways and so this fight this battle that we're engaged in we recognize that God is fighting in this battle with us but but what does this scripture tell us God is telling the children of Israel look as long as you stick to my law As long as you walk in my way, I will go before you. I will drive out the enemies in front of you. No attack will be able to knock you down if you keep my commands. And so that means in order for us to fight this fight we're in, in order for us to be successful in this fight that we're in, we have to remain in God's law. We have to walk in his ways. Every time we do what's right, every time we make the right decision, God goes before us and drives out the enemies in front of us. And so it's a decision that we have to make. We need to learn to deal with what's inside of us. We need to work on what's within us before we can work on what's in front of us. We can play that next clip. You know, last week, uh, Dave... Uh, was on the stage, and he, he said he wished he had a Mick in his corner from Rocky Three to just encourage him as he goes through life. I wish I had a Yoda sitting on my shoulder just as I go through life, just telling me what to do. And Yoda has so many lines in this movie that, honestly, you could probably set as your life motto and live your life by. And you'd swear he's read scripture before because it just seems like the guy just speaks pure wisdom. Um, But the famous line we just heard, a line that regardless if you've seen this movie or not, you've heard this line, do or do not, there is no try. Uh, that's a that's a line that you can honestly take and live your life by it. Like it just it just is. And uh, I think when we take this line in context with what's happening in this movie, I think it means even more because it's he says this right in the middle of training Luke. And so Luke's in the middle of this training, and and I want you to catch this this morning. We aren't people who try, we are people who train. And so, so what does that mean? It means people who train do, and people who don't train try. You train to do, you don't train to try. Let me give you a quick example. Is everybody with me? Yeah, okay. 
Hey, don't, hey, all the ladies, I'm giving, a, I'm giving an example from a man's perspective, and so don't get all grossed out by me. Just know I'm a man, okay? But a quick example for you. You ready? When I wake up in the morning, I like to start my day with a lovely bowel movement. All the men said, amen, right? Like, I, I li- that's how I like to start my day. Here's the thing. I don't try to do it in the toilet. I, I don't try to make sure I do my deed in the toilet. Why? Because when I was, when I was a little kid, my, my mom trained me. She potty trained me to do it in the toilet, right? And, and so because I was trained to do it, now I do it. It's not something that I have to try to do. I just do. And I think this is the same in every area in your life. If you, if you start a new job or a new career, what, it, what happens is in the beginning, they put you through training, right? They, they train you. And, and why do they do this? Because after you've been trained, when they assign a job to you, you don't have to try to do this. You just do it because you were trained to do it. You, you do what you train to do. So, so parents, please listen to me this morning. Train your kids. Don't try to teach them what's right. Don't, don't try to teach them. Show them. Live it in front of them. Train them. Because the way that they are trained will affect what they do and what they do will show who they become. We need to train. Don't don't allow our broken, confused, deceptive society to train your children and then be surprised by the way that they turn out. Be surprised by the things that they do and the way that they talk because that's what they've been trained to do. It is our responsibility. It is your responsibility to train your kids, to train them to do what's right, to train them to live righteous, to train them to put God first because what you train them to do do, they will do. They don't have to try to do it. They will just do it because they've been trained. Proverbs 22 verse 6, train up a child in the way that he should go. So when he is older, he will not depart from it. You need to learn to train people, not try, but train. We are people who train. We're not people who try. And and there's something else in this scene that, that caught my attention. And it's this conversation that's happening between Luke and Yoda. And, and Yoda tells Luke, he tells him to lift up his X-wing out of the swamp. And, and Luke tries and he fails and he says, it, it's too big, it's too difficult, I can't, I can't do it. And, and I think every single one of us, at one point or another, you will find yourself in a situation where what you need to do seems impossible. It seems too big and too hard to do. And, and we see this dialogue happening between Yoda and Luke. And Yoda tells Luke, he says, he says judge me by my size. He says, the, the, the force that surround, uh, surrounds us. He said, we're not just this crude matter on the outside. We're not just skin and bones. That, that's not what we are. But, but the force is all around us. You must feel the force around you. And Luke responds this way. He says, you want the impossible. 
And, and the very next thing we see is Yoda starts to lift this ship up out of the swamp and Yoda does the impossible and Luke comes running up to him. He says, I don't believe it. And Yoda responds and says, and that is why you fail. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down this morning. The impossible is possible if you believe the unbelievable. Can I tell you this morning that God doesn't just want the impossible but God expects the impossible. God doesn't just want impossible things to happen in this church or through this church, but God expects it to happen. And, and, and why is that? It's because it's not about this crude matter that we can see and touch and feel, but there is a power that is empowering us from within that unites us all together. And it's a miracle working, mountain moving, life changing, impossible doing power. Exodus 15 verse six, your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power, your right hand, it shatters the enemy. And so when God calls us to do the impossible, which he does do, and he will do, Matthew 10, verse 28, Jesus calls the disciples to do the impossible. He says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. That sounds pretty impossible to me. That's a, that's a big ask. But this isn't just something that's written in scripture to encourage us. Instead, it's something that God is actually calling us to do. And why is that? It's because God did it himself. You see, Luke tells Yoda, you want the impossible. The reason why Yoda wanted the impossible is because Yoda knew that the, po the impossible was possible. Because he did it himself. And God calls you to do things that may seem impossible. But I can tell you this morning that they are possible because he has done them himself. We see it in Luke chapter, seven, Luke chapter 6. Excuse me. It says, He went down with them and stood on a level place. And a large crowd of his disciples were there. And a great number of people all, from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And, and who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And all the people, they all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and he was healing them all. And so when Jesus told the disciples, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers and cast out demons, it wasn't just a challenge. It was what Jesus was doing on the earth. So God doesn't just want the impossible. He expects the impossible. Mark 9, 23, what does Jesus say? If you can believe, all things are possible for he who believes. The impossible is possible if you can believe the unbelievable. We can play that next clip. This is the greatest twist to ever happen in cinematic history. Nobody in this time ever saw this coming. And on top of that, find me a fight scene with visual effects better than that in 1980, right? George Lucas paved the way for modern day cinema. So thankful for George Lucas. Um, the great, this is the greatest twist uh, that uh, is widely known as that, the greatest plot twist in cinematic history. Something that was so shocking that George Lucas actually hid the truth from all the other actors and, 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 and put in a different scene in all the scripts uh, because he didn't want the truth to come out. This whole I am your father scene. And 
I think when I watch this scene, one of the most intriguing things about this fight between, between Vader and his son Luke is Vader's goal was never to kill Luke. Vader's goal was never to destroy Luke. And, and I can tell you this because I, I am a fanatic Star Wars nerd. And I, I know that. And I know the fact that Darth Vader was way more powerful, way stronger. Way, he was more than able to take Luke out and end him. But, but that wasn't Vader's goal. And you can, you can see this in the dialogue between these two characters. Instead, Vader did everything he could to try to corrupt Luke. What does he tell him? He says, he says, Luke, you can destroy the emperor. We can put an end to this fight and we can rule together as father and son. We can rule the entire galaxy. And what did we talk about earlier this morning? We talked about how the enemy always attacks the foundation. He always attacks the foundation and, and the enemy that we're fighting against, here's the truth. He knows he loses in the end. He, the story's already been written. It's already written in so the, the, we know how the story ends and he does too. He knows he loses. Romans 16 verse 20, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. It's going to happen. He knows it's going to happen. The devil is well aware that the story is written. He knows that he can't win. So his goal is not for him to win. Rather, it's for you to lose. The, the, the reason why the enemy is fighting is not, he's not trying to win because he knows he can't. He's doing everything he can to make you lose. The enemy's goal has always been to corrupt and to deceive. Paul makes this known to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It says, I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. He's trying to deceive. He's trying to make you lose. And the last thing I want you to walk away with this morning is this. Just because you didn't win does not mean you lost. Just because you didn't win does not mean you lost. When we watch this scene, it, it's pretty apparent that Luke did not win this fight against Vader. And he got his hand cut off and then he jumped off a building. Like it's just, I don't, that doesn't sound like victory to me. And the truth is, is there'll be many times in our lives where it seems like we're losing. There'll be times in our life where it seems like the battle is not going our way. There'll be times where we make mistakes. There'll be plenty of times where we do the wrong thing. And so Luke did not, he didn't win this battle against Vader, but what he did do was he lived to fight another day. And as long as you can continue in the fight for another day, the enemy is losing. He may beat you up a little bit. He may cause you to stumble but you cannot allow what the devil uses to make you stumble, cause you to stop. So, so how do we win? How do we overcome? How do we fight this fight that we're in? How do we fight against an enemy that doesn't sleep and doesn't stop and doesn't rest? How do we fight against an enemy that's always on attack? We do it by fighting another day. Anybody in this room right now that may feel defeated, maybe you feel like you're losing, maybe you feel like giving up, you feel like you've got nothing left to give, let me encourage you one more time. Just go one more. 
just fight one more day. Fight another day. It doesn't matter how hard the task may seem. It doesn't matter how impossible it may look. It's not about our strength or ability. Rather, it's about His strength and His ability. And His strength and His ability flows out of the foundation rooted in Him. And so even though we aren't perfect, He is. Even though we mess up, He never does. And the enemy that is fighting against us is not just fighting against us, but he's at war with the spirit that is within us. And I can tell you with 100% conviction, you win the fight. I can tell you with 100% certainty, the spirit that is within you is greater than he that is in the world. But we need to fight another day. What did we just read in Romans 16 that the God of peace will soon be crushed under your feet. Soon the day is coming. It's gonna happen, it's on the way and there's nothing the enemy can do that can delay that or prevent that from happening. And so what we need to do to win is just make it another day. We need to get to the soon. We need to get to the day where the enemy is crushed under our feet and we can fight with a mentality that says it doesn't matter how it may feel or look at this moment. I know the outcome. I know that I win this fight and if I can just get to the end, I win. It may feel like I'm losing, but if I can fight another day, I'm winning. The devil is losing this fight. Deuteronomy chapter 20 verse 4, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and what? To give you the victory. It's the spirit at work within us. It's the spirit that's empowering us. The devil isn't just fighting against flesh and bone. He's at war with the spirit that lives inside of you. And that spirit that lives inside of you has never lost a battle and he never will. He's never known defeat and he never will. And so we can fight as hard as we can because we recognize the fact that the devil's not at war with me, he's at war with him. We just need to fight another day. We just need to go one more. Look, you're gonna go through times, you're gonna have days, you're gonna have moments, you're gonna have seasons, or it just seems like you're, you're losing. It just feels like the best thing you can do is throw in the towel. But that is the corruption and the deception of the enemy trying to get you to give in and to lose. But if you can just Put that aside and just say, I'll go one more day. You're winning the fight. All it takes is just to fight one more day. It doesn't take much. Just to keep going and fight one more day. Can we stand together? Can we pray this morning? Come on, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter what we're facing. It doesn't matter how bad society may look. We know what's empowering us. We know where our strength comes from. And so it doesn't matter how big the enemy may seem. He is a liar. He is deceptive. And he's trying to deceive you into thinking that you're in a lost fight. But scripture tells us that we win. Scripture tells us that the enemy will be crushed under our feet. And every word that God has spoken has never returned 
return void and it never will. So Father God, we come before you this morning, God. We lift you up, God. We thank you, God, that your spirit is what empowers us. It's your spirit, God, that is what gives us strength, that keeps us going. We recognize, God, that this fight that we're in, God, that the devil is not just fighting against us. He's at war with the spirit that is within us. And we know that the spirit that is within us is greater than greater than anything that we will ever face, greater than anything that can ever come against us. And so God, help us continue to just fight another day. God, regardless of how it may seem at the moment, just to keep pushing, just to keep going one more step, one more day, one more fight, because as long as we're engaged in the fight, we know the win is on the horizon. It's on its way. And so we hold on to the promise that the enemy will crush under our feet and we continue to push forward, God. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen, amen, amen. Amen. We just need to go one more day. We just need to fight one more time. Come on, I love the promises of God, and they're all throughout Scripture, and the promises are that you win, that, that we win. And so let's keep pushing forward. Let, don't, don't allow yourself to be talked out. Don't, don't allow yourself to give in. Let's continue to push forward. Let's, let's believe and know that God is just starting the work that he's going to do in this church and through this city, and we can't wait to see what's going to come out of it. God bless you. Pray you have a great Sunday. Don't miss next week. We're going to be closing out our At The Movies theme. We're going to have Jen Gutierrez bring the word. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure you're here. Have a great Sunday. God bless.